for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic, about the Debo Samuel contract situation that was settled on Sunday. He signs a three-year extension, and he joins A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Terry McLaurin. Tory Dandy clients uh, have all figured out their wide receiver contract situations, all pretty much on par, all fairly uh, happy, I think, with the situations they ended up with. Will Debo Samuel still be used as a running back? Where are the 49ers right now with Trey Lance, and just how good does this defense look? All things we can talk about with David Lombardi, who joins to be next. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, David Lombardi. He covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic, uh, right in the middle of training camp. And of course, the Debo Samuel contract is all uh, all figured out, all settled, and uh, and we can focus on the season now, except for Jimmy Garoppolo. What's going on, David? How are you, man? I'm doing well, and I think we can still focus on the season. I mean, the deadline for the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, if they want to save the money, which it almost looks like they need to based on all my salary cap calculations is August 30th. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense for them to give him up for nothing before then. But if nothing materializes by August 30th, then I think that a release is, is likely, but it's nothing to stress over right now. I don't think the 49ers are stressing over it. They're waiting to see what happens around the league. And yeah. And, and with the Deshaun Watson situation, looks like that suspension is only going to be six games. So that's probably not going to be an option. So you, you're almost hoping for an injury somewhere else. If you're the 49ers, you just can't say that out loud. Yeah, you're right. I think the Debo Samuel contract is the one 49er fans were more concerned about. I think everybody's just kind of tired of, of hearing about the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. We just want it settled. But you're right. Uh, positive news as far as the Debo contract goes. Any surprises for you? Uh, the contract pretty much on par with like Terry McLaurin, with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, with all the other guys who got those contract extensions this offseason. It just took Debo a little longer, but looks pretty good, looks pretty on par and, and well-deserved, I think, for Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's it's the best contract out of all of those because it has the most fully guaranteed money, and that's the way that contracts are are judged in the actual community. Who who has that money that's guaranteed for skill? Who tops the list? And Debo had forty one million, AJ Brown had forty million, but that was over four years. Debo has his over three new years, which is actually a more advantageous deal because obviously he gets more guaranteed money in a shorter time frame, and then potentially can sign for even more at a sooner date. So. There's a reason why he went last, and that's because he delivered a historic season in 2021. He's the only member, if you count the playoffs, of the 1,500 receiving yard, 500 rushing yard club. He was historically good as far as yards after the catch per reception. Nobody had ever put up the type of numbers that we saw Debo Samuel put up. So uh, it was just a, such a hot commodity coming off of that season. And because of the versatility that was so unique, they needed all the parameters they could get to finish that deal. So he went last and his contract, as far as fully guaranteed money, exceeded all the, the deals before him. And it was, you know, especially interesting because AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were represented by the same agent as Debo Samuel, Tory Dandy. But I think ultimately Tory Dandy made it work. All three of his clients are happy. To me, it was really interesting that this was an orchestrated attempt to make all three of his clients happy. So A.J. Brown had more average per year than all three of those guys. D.K. Metcalf had more total guarantees, which includes injury guarantees. But Debo Samuel took the cake where I think it matters most, full guarantees. But each of those three players can say, okay, I led the other three in this way. And that way, Tory Dandy didn't estrange either of his three clients. 
And I think what's also interesting and, and worth noting is Debo Samuel's got a couple of incentive deals uh, in his contract where if he goes over a certain number of rushing yards or scores uh, three touchdowns or more in any given season, uh, he's set to make a little bit more money. Does that tell you anything about uh, about the way they plan to use him? Or, or is this just simply if this happens again where Debo's going to run the ball like he did last year? And I, and I don't know that that's the expectation for 2022. But if it were to happen, that he's at least protected a little bit for this. Did, how did you read this contract situation as far as the incentives go? The main takeaway, let's zoom out first, is that all those reports about Debo being concerned about his running back usage were completely false because the gist of this contract has nothing about limiting his rushing yards or anything like that. The only thing that's in there that has to do with him being a running back is an incentive to be a running back, and it's really, really small there toward the end of the contract. It's worth $71.55 million overall, the contract before you include the incentive and that incentive is 1.95 million so bumps it up from 71.55 to 73.5 that just gives you an idea of the scale here that we're dealing with it's not not very big but uh, it is semi-interesting just because uh, so much of the talk was centered around that and it's set at 380 rushing yards per season he had 365 last year so they made it not likely to be earned which makes it not count against the salary cap this year since it's slightly more than what he achieved last year. But if Debo does crack 380 yards rushing, he'll get $650,000 in whatever season that he does that in. And it caps out at $1.95 million. So, you know, it's interesting because they did acknowledge the fact that he's also playing running back. But the main takeaway is that this contract gives Kyle Shanahan the flexibility to use Debo however the hell he wants. And I think it's important to emphasize that Debo wants to be used in all these different ways. It was Debo that first coined the term wide back. He was so proud right. of it. So <laughs> let's just emphasize that all those reports, it was all garbage for months. De- Debo Samuel wants to be versatile. And uh, this contract reflects that. I just can't believe that there was a, a false rumor in the NFL, David. That's uh, that's <laughs> unbelievable stuff. Dude. And, we, and then we're still dealing with this. We, we've, it's such a problem. We've got to figure it out. Uh, yeah. And, and I think 49er fans know, and Kyle said as much earlier this week, that that was out of necessity last year. They were really, really banged up, losing Raheem Mostert. And then Elijah Mitchell is a young running back, really trying to carry the load. Trey Sermon goes down early last season. What have you thought about the running back room and the running back stable so far this year? Tyreon Davis-Price, uh, obviously Jeff Wilson Jr., Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon. It looks like it's got some depth uh, it should be a fairly strong unit i think for this team what have been your thoughts with the running back group to this point you know this ties in directly to your point which is a really important one to make Debo samuel only started playing running back really frequently last year when the 49ers absolutely had to have him there and it was because everybody else was hurt so the goal you know regardless of how well he plays that running back position should be to beef up that unit so that he doesn't have to be there on every down. So that way you have true versatility with him. That way you're not forced to play him there. And I think that when you look at what they try to do this off season, they did two things. They added some bodies, right. With Ty Davis price, there's Jordan Mason, also an undrafted free agent out of Georgia tech. Who's looked good so far in training camp, but not only have they added bodies, they've added some beef in that room. So it used to be that they had a bunch of small, fast guys, and I think that lent itself to the in- injury problems there. But now you go up and down that room. Ty Davis Price is 220-plus. Jordan Mason, who I just mentioned, is 220-plus. Elijah Mitchell was a little bit light last year because he was a rookie. He was coming off the pre-draft circuit where he had to run a fast 40, so he had reduced his weight to 201 pounds, and it was only up to like 205, 206. He's 211 now. 
that extra five pounds is significant for a guy who's getting dinged all the time last year. Jeff Wilson is a year further removed from his injury, and we'll, they'll see what they can get from Trey Sermon in year two. They say that he's stronger than he was physically a year before. So the theme for me is that this running back room, it should be a little bit deeper, but mainly they've moved from let's just focus on speed and speed only to, to you know, some weight there. There's, there's some physicality there now with, with the body types, and I think that's significant. A guy I want to ask you about is uh, is a guy that seems like every time I look up at training camp right now, this guy's making a great catch at practice. The guy who, who was who was there with uh, Trey Lance all offseason, working out with him, he's made a, a bunch of great plays, it looks like, so far early in camp. Brandon Ayuk, have you been impressed with what you've seen from him? What does the offense look like with him? I mean, obviously, they're all getting back out there now, but Brandon Ayuk specifically, what does he look like to you at this point? He's having a hell of a training camp, and it's turned into a heavyweight battle back and forth between him and Charvarius Ward the free agent pickup uh, cornerback that the 49ers got from the Kansas city chiefs, because uh, I'll tell you what ward is a stud. He's sticky. Doesn't let much get past him, but whatever has gotten past him has been an excellent catch from Brandon. Ayuk. So they're starting to go back and forth. Ward will make a pro play. Then Ayuk will make a play and just boom, boom, boom. Uh, Monday's practice in the red zone, which is the first time the 49ers had pads on the first time they were doing a red zone drill. Trey Lance, had a shuffle away from the pass rush and then he threw a dart into the end zone and it looked like Ward was going to get it. But Brandon Ayuk just made a manly catch. Just went up, just grabbed the ball out of the air. And that was one of the best plays so far that we've seen of camp. Very next down, Charvarius Ward. This wasn't against Ayuk. He actually, I think, peeled off of Ayuk because he saw Lance going to Kyle Juszczyk and he stepped in front of the pass and picked it off. So uh, there you see the back and forth battle between Ayuk and Ward and you know, I know you asked specifically about Ayuk, so let's talk about him. Debo has been out here for the first week. Right now he's finally back in, in these drills, but he, he's going to have a, a sidekick this year. And Brandon Ayuk, I think, for the full – health permitting, obviously, got to knock on wood there. But for the full 17 games, I don't think you're going to see this disappearing act that we had from uh, Ayuk over the first six or seven last year. There was a lot of reasons for that, right? He hurt his hamstring in training camp. He wasn't really ready to – to be a pro, as, as Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said, he was still learning how to get into that whole swing of things in year two. I think he fully understands how to be all strapped up and ready to go for, for week one now. And that's really reminiscent of Debo Samuel last year. Debo Samuel was coming off of a iffy 2020 season, right, because of the injuries and all that, and also involved in hamstring injury. So there was some parallels there between Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Debo showed up ready to go in training camp in 2021, was wowing everybody, and then he put up that historic year. Well, fast forward a year, Brandon Ayuk following in Samuel's footsteps. He's shown up ready in 22 training camp. He's wowing everybody, and we'll see what happens now during the regular season. The growth is what you want to see because you're right. We, you know, early in, in Ayuk's career, that first season, we thought, boy, this guy's going to be something special, jumping over guys and, and making incredible catches. And then he was sort of silent at the beginning of last year. So nice to see that uh, that those adjustments or that development has been made over the offseason to be ready for week one and hopefully a healthy 2022 season. Uh, before we let you go, David, I wanted to ask you about something Trent Williams said the other day in talking about Trey Lance going up against this defense that some are thinking could be one of the best, if not the best, in all of football. Uh, is it tough to evaluate him because when he makes mistakes, you can't really tell whether it's him making a mistake or it's the defense making a great play. Is there is there some sort of disconnect there? Or what, what do you make of his performance against the defense that is elite and his growth in, in having to face that defense? 
Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that give and take, right? You're not sure if it's Trey Lance's fault or if it's the defense just making a sensational play. But what I will say is that I think this 49ers defense has earned a benefit of the doubt, right? That They've been one of the league's best units for three seasons running now. 2019, top two. 2020 probably would have been back there, but Nick Bosa and D Ford both got hurt in week one, and that was just a whole parade of injuries. And in 2021, it was interesting because the talent level on the back end wasn't where you know, it should have been, especially because Jason Brett got hurt in week one. So over the first half of that season, that was actually a, a below average defense. They were ranked in the bottom half of the league with all those pass interference penalties. But they turned it up toward the end of the season to the point where all the advanced statistics suggest that on a weighted scale, this defense finished the season as a top three unit. And I think that they're carrying that over here into this next year with a better roster, a much deeper secondary. And Nick Bosa is a year further removed from his ACL tear. So I think it's safe to say, based on track record, that this is a top three, at least a top five defense. But I'll go ahead and say top, top three. And when we know that, when we can confidently say that, we can say that Trey Lance is operating against the unit that, that should be winning these battles against the first time starting quarterback. And I think that it's going to ultimately benefit him. But like you said, every single person who knows what they're talking about and Trent Williams definitely knows what he's talking about. He says that that this is the defense really flexing its muscles. And let's be honest with, with Trey Lance right now, it's not like we're seeing only struggles. What we're seeing is a high ceiling and a low floor right now. We're seeing some ugly plays, but we're also seeing some sensational plays, some real arm talent, some off-schedule ability, some escapability. And the 49ers' goal over the course of the next month before the season starts is to raise that floor so they can eliminate some of those, you know, the uglier plays and live and reside closer to that ceiling more often. And, you know, I, I think that's exactly where you expect to be right now with a young quarterback. Boy, it's going to be a fun season, man. As far as as far as storylines go, there's like a no shortage. Basically, at any point uh, of this team, offense, Trey Lance, offensive line, defensive line, uh, uh, the defensive backs. This is this is going to be a fun season, just as far as all of the unknowns surrounding this 49er team and and what their high ceiling could be as well for 2022. David, always appreciate catching up, man. Thanks for the insight. Uh, enjoy training camp, and we'll talk again soon, man. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Great stuff from David Lombardi. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Lombardi himself and, uh, and all his coverage for the 49ers this season. He's been out of training camp every single day and uh, and he and Matt Barrows for The Athletic are doing a great job sort of pulling stuff together uh, for the 49ers. But he's right uh, about Trey Lance. They're saying there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. However, he's going up against this tough defense. So some of the mistakes he's making are, are tough, but also when he beats this defense with a brilliant play, these are our plays uh, or, or, or situations where an elite defense against a first-year starting quarterback should be coming out on top anyway so the hope is that uh, this is an iron sharpens iron situation for Trey Lance also no shortage of weapons for Trey Lance this year talk about that backfield the receivers obviously George Kittle is still there being George Kittle so could be a uh, a fun offense for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan to go with what is expected to be an elite defense Thank you to David. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you all the updates you need for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, as I mentioned uh, previously, we are going to go through the rest of the NFC West. we got to talk a little Arizona Cardinal football, as well as the LA Rams. Get you ready for what the 49ers are going to face in division this year. We've also got to talk about the San Francisco Giants and Major League Baseball's trade deadline. We'll do that on Friday and come around on Monday with a little bit more NFC West. 
West preview. So until then, we'll talk to you Friday.